Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Father, as we, uh, as we enter this season of anticipation, may an increasing eagerness for the presence and person of Christ course through our lives. Sustain the joy in our hearts that comes from Jesus. Grant that those around us will observe that through our lives, hope has entered into our despair, light into our darkness, and love into our emptiness. Amen. A carol from Flanders. In Flanders, on the Christmas morn, the trenched foemen lay, the German and the Briton born, and it was Christmas Day. The red sun rose on fields accursed, the gray fog fled away, but neither cared to fire the first, for it was Christmas Day. They called from each to each across the hideous disarray, for terrible has been their loss. Oh, this is Christmas Day. Their their rifles all they set aside, one impulse to obey. T'was just the men on either side, just men and Christmas Day. They dug the graves for all their dead, and over them did pray, and Englishmen and Germans said, How strange a Christmas day. Between the trenches they met, shook hands and evened in play, and at games on which their hearts were set on happy Christmas day. Not all the emperors and kings, financiers and they, who rule us could prevent these things, for it was Christmas day. O ye who read this truthful rhyme from Flanders, kneel and say, God speed the time when every day shall be as Christmas Day. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this story that this poem is written about. Um, in 1914, just months after what later became known as World War I broke out, the Germans and English were, were entrenched uh, probably about 100 to 200 yards apart from each other. Uh, they were fighting back and forth, back and forth. Um, and then all of a sudden, on Christmas Eve, a truce began to break out. Um, and there, there are all sorts of stories about how this, uh, how this happened. Some, uh, some are probably more true than others. But uh, the, some, some people say that, that the Germans started singing Silent Night, and, and then the, the British joined in across, and, they, and then they met in the, in the no man's land in between. Um, there are stories of this, this happening up and down the trenches. It wasn't everywhere, but there are stories of this happening throughout, throughout this, this bitter warfare. Uh, they began to gather, uh, take time to, to bury their dead that were in the middle of the field. They began uh, to set up Christmas trees. The, the Germans did, at least. The English didn't really have Christmas trees back then. Um, but... They began to light Christmas trees. They, they gathered together and exchanged gifts. They played soccer in the middle of the field. Um, and, and they observed peace. The, they, there are accounts of, of these men who, uh, who, having heard the propaganda from 
either the German military or the British military, saying that these people you're fighting against are, are just cruel barbarians. And they, they met on the other side and they realized these people are just, just like me. And they exchanged gifts and they celebrated. And there are some accounts that in some places this truce lasted for weeks. Um, but it began on Christmas uh, because they felt like on Christmas time, it's not a time for us to be fighting. Which makes me ask the question, why? Why of all of the times of the year? What is it about the Christmas story? What is it about Christmas that leads people to say, maybe, maybe today we shouldn't do this? Um, and we hear this we hear this in, in traces of the prophets, but we also hear this uh, in the songs that we sing. The songs that we've just sung this morning uh, are calling forth not just peace in our hearts, but peace on earth and goodwill to all people. We see it even in the movies we watch, even in, even in movies that have, we would say, nothing. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of the songs that you hear on the radio, a lot of the movies that you watch, have nothing to do with Jesus or the manger or any of those things. And yet people feel and tap into the sense that that now is a time for peace. Even if they want to have nothing to do with the angels and Jesus and, and the star, it's now is probably a good time for peace. Uh, I, think, I think there is a longing within our hearts for peace. And I think this longing has been placed in our hearts by God. That even, even a culture that wants to have nothing to do with the Jesus part of Christmas still wants peace on Christmas. And I want us to explore this question of, of why, why is this true? Um, I don't know if it's this is, this is just speculation. Maybe it's something to do with the fact that in, in God becoming human, it, it enables us to, to recognize the humanity of one another in ways that maybe we've missed before. I don't know. But we hear this in the prophets, and I want us to look at a, a number of scriptures. I'm just going to put them on the screen for you. Um, we hear these, these echoes in the prophets of this, this desire and this longing for peace. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. This is from Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 
Uh, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We hear these echoes and calls and promises for peace in these passages in Isaiah. We, would, we could hear them again if we were to, to scan through, uh, through the prophets. That there's this promise that God has, has placed that, that there will be peace on earth. That, that part of what God's mission in, to do is, is to bring about the end of warfare. The end of striving, the end of struggles, uh, and bring about peace. We see this in the song of Zechariah. As he uh, has become a new father in his old age. And he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And in Luke chapter 1 verse 76, he speaks about John the Baptist, his, new, his newborn son. And he says, you, my child will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And you may be, those of you that are familiar with some of these uh, prophetic passages, may even hear echoes of these showing up in, in what Zechariah is saying. I mean, he's, he's basically plagiarizing Isaiah and Malachi uh, in what he's saying here. Uh, that he will be, uh, he will shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the path of peace, to guide us into the way of peace. We hear this in the story of the angels. Continuing in Luke chapter 2, let's just start in verse 1 because I like to read this story. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone who went to went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Uh, we see this in, this in these songs 
of Zechariah, this, this idea and this hope that John the Baptist might be the one to go before the Lord as the Lord brings about peace. And then the angels come and they announce glory to God, to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Uh, we, we looked at this passage in Isaiah, these two passages, and we looked at these, these stories from Zechariah and from the angels. And the question and the, the indication is that when the Messiah came, he would bring peace. I think we just have to look at our world and don't have to look very hard to recognize that, that not all is at peace. That peace is still, uh, still waiting to be fulfilled. That if, that the, the, the swords have not been beaten into plowshares. That there is not peace on earth and goodwill to all men. Um, and yet, the story of scripture and the story of the New Testament is that Christ has in fact brought peace. And this, is, this becomes evident as we read through the letters of Paul. Let's look at just a couple of these here. Colossians chapter 1. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. And then the next one. This is one we, we just read in our Advent reading. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with you all. And then finally, no, okay, those are the only two. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> what, what these verses tell us, what these verses indicate is that somehow, in some way, Christ has brought peace. And this is what Colossians says. This is what, what we read in our Advent reading from Ephesians chapter 2. That he himself is our peace. And part of the peace that Christ has brought is a peace between us and God. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, I'll just invite you to turn there so we can look at it again together. We read this already. But Ephesians chapter 2 Verse 14 says, He himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new, one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. And what Paul is saying here is that somehow in the cross, in, in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, peace was accomplished. Peace was accomplished between us and God, but, but not just between us and God. That, that in the midst of this reconciliation of us and God, 
that Christ was forming us into a reconciled body. So that there are no divisions, that there are no things that are meant to separate us any longer. It's as though the Christmas story is, is the beginning, is, is the first fruits of a call to peace. And so when the angels come and they announce peace on earth, that this child will bring peace on earth, we see this happening. We see this beginning to happen and we can, we can taste it. And I think this is part of why Christmas always draws us back towards these feelings of peace because we can understand and we can see that, that something is happening here that is drawing us together. That is, that is creating uh, reconciliation between God and man, but also between, uh, between God and, or between humans themselves. And then finally, one last verse I want us to look at. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. Here's a promise. See, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And we see in this verse uh, this promise that God places uh, at the end of the book of Revelation that this will happen. Uh, the, the song that, that uh, the worship team did for our offertory, uh, the final verse, uh, the, the third verse is this lament of, of, I hear this song of peace on earth, but I don't see it. And yet the final verse is, uh, is this promise that God, yes, God will fulfill this promise. And that there will be peace. There will be peace on earth. But the question is, what does this mean for us now? What does this mean for us today? What does this mean for us as we celebrate Christmas this year? So we Each week of Advent, we have a different theme that, that we're focusing on. And so last week was hope, this week is peace. And what does it mean for us to celebrate Christmas well in a way that, that honors and, and proclaims the peace that this story is meant to proclaim. Paul says this in Romans 12, verse 18. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. If it is possible... As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is the call of us as Christians. The response to the peace that we have been given is then, if it is possible, and it's, let's be honest, it's not always possible, um, but as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. The reality is uh, we live in a very broken world. And the reality is we are a pretty broken church. Uh, But this broken church is being used uh, to gather the broken people of our world to to be restored by a Savior who is broken for us.
one day one, those of us who have been restored uh, will be part of a magnificent multitude uh, worshiping Christ. And the multitude that we are a part of is a multitude that has been called and will be, will be given peace. And, and the calling that Paul tells us we, are to ha- we have as Christians is to pursue peace at all costs, as far as it be- depends on you. That means it's not, you don't have to worry about, is that person wanting to seek reconciliation with me? If that, is that person desiring to live at peace with me? It's, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is, this is foundational to the Christmas story. That at the center of the mission of Christ is bringing peace to the world. And if we believe, if we have a hope that this is where the story is going, if we have a hope that this is what Christ is about, if we believe that this is what is most true about our world, and that this, this is what is most good about our world is when peace reigns, and that we long for the day when there will be peace in our lives and peace in our world, then as Christians, as Christians, we are to be a part of this mission. And the tendency is, is to, to, as we talk about peace at Christmas time, the tendency can be to make, it, to make it just about Christ giving us spiritual peace and spiritual reconciliation and, and to leave it at that. And that, it's, it's, and that is a critical and crucial part of what Christ has done and is doing in us. But if we don't begin to understand that, that the call is also for us to pursue peace in our physical, real world, then we're really, we're really missing what Christmas was all about. Because Christmas was not about uh, God staying spiritual and, and off at a distance. But Christmas is about God becoming flesh and blood and getting into the messiness and the dirt of our lives. And so when we talk about peace, and when we think about peace this Christmas, when we think about what does it mean for us to celebrate Christmas, well, what does it mean to keep Christ in Christmas? What does it mean to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, uh, that it's not about these other things? We need to talk about what does it look like for me to celebrate peace and to pursue peace in my relationships, to pursue peace with the people around me. To pursue peace in my neighborhood. The reality is, uh, it will be messy. But it was also messy when Christ brought us peace. It's, it's hard. And it's very easy to just talk about peace as sort of this warm feeling that we're all supposed to have. It gets really hard when it means I actually have to forgive somebody. Or I have to ask for forgiveness. And yet, Paul tells us, uh, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Christ came to bring peace on earth. And our calling as Christians is to pursue peace as far as it depends on us. Let's pray.
Father, we uh, just thank you for this time of year. We thank you for this season to reflect on your love for us, that you came to bring reconciliation, that you came in your humility uh, out of your love for us to bring peace into our lives. We thank you for the promise that you will still bring peace into our world. God, give us the strength, give us the courage to pursue peace. Show us where we need to forgive. Show us the places where it is possible, where it depends on us to live at peace with those around us. And give us the strength to do so. Amen. I am feeling a little under the weather, so if I don't shake your hand out there, well, shake my hand at your own risk, I guess. Um, But uh, my prayer for you this week is that you uh, may go in the peace of God, that you may know the peace of God, and that you may proclaim the peace of God to those around you.